Welcome to the fourth episode of the Be True to You podcast, a podcast designed to question what we've been taught, talk out perspectives, and break through to our be our most true selves. I'm your host, B, and today's guest is the snuggliest and one of the funniest people I know, Susan. Susan says a song that encompasses her essence is August by Taylor Swift. Welcome, Susan. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine a better person on this podcast. (laughs) Susan and I have been bestest of friends for five, six, how many years has it been? Um, yeah, I feel like six now, six years. I'm claiming six. Um, we were both in an organization at JMU. Um, and it's funny because everybody was pressuring us to meet. Everybody was mm-hmm. like, I met, Su- like, we met Susan, we know you, you guys would be the best of friends. And me and Susan were deaf, like, I think against <laughs> it. Like, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think that there was way too much buildup to us yeah. meeting and just knowing, now knowing you very well and obviously knowing myself, our personalities, like that buildup <laughs> was too much. <laughs> like, we were way too, I think we were way too anxious and like, I don't know. It, people just made it way more. So then yeah. it, it flopped and we didn't yeah. become friends. <laughs> it did. Was, it, it did flop. Yeah. Which was so tragic, but I'm obviously the universe wanted us to come back together and we made our way to each other. I think probably right. at the best time. So I couldn't agree more. I mean, it was, it was our last year at JMU. So I will say I'm, I'm honestly thankful the shenanigans that I feel like you and I got into, like mm. it wouldn't have lasted us four years for others so it's nice that like you know we at least got the one and we got to fill it in yeah um hardcore i will say susan and i had a list our senior year of how many times we cried our last semester of college i was just reviewing that list the other day actually what was one of the funniest things like what like just i well i think the one that sticks out to me the most is when we were finished eating Chipotle and we both yeah. got into our separate cars that were parked right next to each other. And we looked over at each other and just started stopping. I couldn't believe <laughs> I could not believe I had to leave you at the Chipotle. I could not believe I had to go do stuff or go it, home. Or- yeah. It wasn't even the end of the semester either. I know. No, it was like January. Deadass. I think, you know, I think that's what started our, our list. We were like, we should start documenting this because I feel a lot more breakdowns coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote down my most memorable moment was when we had met that first semester, even though it's, you know, uh, of that fall mm-hmm. and winter break was coming. Like Thanksgiving break came and went, but like winter break was like two or three weeks and like we were just sitting in my car and I was dropping you off and I just mm. started sobbing. I was like, why do you have to go? This is so bizarre to me. Why do we have to spend three weeks apart? You're my best friend in the world. Um, I know. But then remember, um, so another fun fact about Bethany and I is we went on a alternative spring break together and we spent every waking moment with each other. Yes. No sleep. Um, not the best food and we're, we are both very food motivated. So that was so, less than ideal. So and bad. on the way back, um, after being in a van for 17 hours, I was locked out of my apartment. So I had to call Bethany and she had to come pick me right back up and go back to her apartment. <laughs> I cannot explain to you like a week straight of socializing, like no break. It's not just me and Susan. It's like 12 people. Like if it wasn't Susan, it was somebody else speaking. And I drove that 17 hours back. I'm going to claim it. I drove those 17 hours back on that van. I drove that van for 17 hours. And then Susan had the audacity to call me and say, hey, I'm locked out. 
I'm so sorry. Can you come back and get me? You got I, I none of my roommates are home and nobody's coming back for a couple of days. Do you mind if I just stay? I was like, sure. Come on back. I got Susan with him in like 10 minutes and I was like, eh, it feels like home. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, now that me and Susan have given you the rundown of our um best friendship for sure, my soulmate as I call her. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to get started with just the First question. Um, if you're new here, this is what we do. We ask eight questions to our guests. And by we, I mean me, myself, and I, all three of us, we ask questions, eight questions to our guests and talk about perspectives to break through. The first question, Susan, are you ready? Okay. Is the three for one special? Who are you? What do you do? And is that where you want to be right now? Okay. So obviously my name is Susan. Um, I am 26 years old. I will be 27 in exactly two months, March yes. 25th. Mark your calendars. Um, I'm, I live in Arlington, Virginia. Obviously I went to JMU with Bethany. Um, I lived in Arlington since 2020. So almost three years now. Um, and I live with one of our other really good friends, Carly, which is super fun. Yeah. Um, I have my rescue greyhound named Zoe, who's my BFFL for life. I, I love her. Yeah. Um, I work in tech, um, at, in university recruiting. So definitely a little bit of a rocky time to be in tech, but we're pushing <laughs> through. Um, Wait, tell me about university recruiting. Do you like that job? Yes, I okay. really love university recruiting. Um, before I worked in university recruiting, I worked in education and higher education. So um, it's basically, I still get to work with college students, but I make way more money. So it's yes. amazing. Um, I still get to go to college campuses, um, you know, work with all the interns. So it's super, super fun. But um, yeah, the tech industry right now is a little mm, volatile. So <laughs> we're pushing through. Um, yeah. But yeah, I overall, I really, really like my job. Um, I work remote most days, which is super nice. And this is a random plug. But last night, I just dropped so much money on a standing desk and a walking pad. So, oh my gosh, you didn't tell me to get a walking pad. You just said the yeah, standing desk. I know. Well, I was back and forth. I decided this at like 1 a.m. It oh was very much a manic moment. Um, right, and I just, I just hit purchase. So, Fair. catch me doing indoor hot girl walks on my walking yeah. pad. So, super excited about that. Oh, um, but yeah, overall, um, I am really happy with where I am. Um, I'm happy with where I'm living, but something that as I was reflecting on these questions, I'm a very like future forward thinker. Like I'm always thinking about the next steps, always thinking about where I should be, where I want to be. So it's really hard. And this is just me admitting this. It's really hard for me to like be happy in the present moment because I am always thinking about next steps. What could be better? What do I want to do? Um, Same. And a lot, yeah. And a lot of times that also lands itself into comparing myself with other people. Like this is the season of engagements. Kill me. Like just looking at everyone, <laughs> like everyone getting engaged or buying houses or having babies. And Ugh. I'm like, Oh, not doing any of that. So nope. um, it is hard for me admittedly to like, be very happy in the present moment because I am always thinking about those next steps. But generally speaking, like I am very happy where I am. Like I have a good job, like living with a good friend. I have my dog. Like I like where yeah. I live and what I'm doing. So yeah. yeah, I love that. I will. I will say this. How many people do you know have gone out and bought a house within the past three years? Okay. So I feel like it's a lot, but it's probably not as much as I think. Yeah. Um, Mine is two, by the way. Two. Yeah. Two. Okay. That's fair. 
but I'm like these people that I see buy a house. I'm like, now where did this money come from? Like, mm. ah, I'm just wondering, I'm like, there's gotta be trust funds involved. And like something that I wanted to touch on later in some of the questions is just like not knowing other people's situations. Like I look Ugh. down on myself and what I have, but like, I can't compare myself to someone else. Maybe they just had a grandpa die that's worth a billion dollars. And yes. that's why they were able to buy a house. Like you just never know people's situations. So yeah. I shouldn't like look down on myself and where I'm at in life. If that makes This sense. is like prime grandparents dying time. And yeah. I'm allowed to say that because I've had many a grandparent die within the past year. Um, yeah. And so I, many too. Anyway, um, that was dramatic. <laughs> So, but it's true. This is this is the time that yeah. like, inheritance is kind of given. So, people people do use that, I think, for houses and stuff. Now, Definitely. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. There, there ain't enough. So that's okay. I'm just a grandkid, and that's <laughs> fine. But I like people really do have all this money. I don't know where they get it. It's fine. We'll let it go for today. But that's like my yeah. biggest pet peeve. If you can buy a house, I'm mad at you. Yeah. Um, I am. I'm I mean, jealous. I'm, like, I'm exactly. I'm so yeah. jealous. That is the biggest dream right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, good. I'm glad that you are happy where you're at. I already knew that because we're BFFs, but I also like have Susan recently just moved. Susan Carly recently moved and they moved mm. into like an actual like house instead of like an apartment and their dogs just have so much space. It's so beautiful. I know. I was gonna say, it just says you have really grown into like the house with the new role. And I feel like everything is just really lining up. So I'm excited to see where this year takes you. Thanks. Yeah. If anyone has a dog and you're able to rent a house with a yard, your life it's such a game changer. Like the yeah. fact that I do not have to get up 20 minutes earlier to take Zoe out in the rain. Like my mood is just 10 times elevated. Like it's amazing. I think that's why I won't get an animal. Yeah. It would just be too difficult right now. Um, yeah. I, I don't have the mental energy. I'll just do it every once, every two months when Sloan calls and asks me to watch Toad. Mm. Um, okay. So question number two, Susan, what is the biggest breakthrough you've had recently or of all time? Okay. So sort of just touched on this, but then also kind of a two-parter is like just knowing that everyone's timelines are different. And then also knowing that so many things are out of my control and there's really no reason being anxious over things that I can't control. Yeah. Um, and that's something really hard for me to grasp because I'm a control freak. Um, and I, I need to be in control of everything in my life, but like I like I'm just not and I I have to let go um and I think like a prime example as I mentioned like being in the tech industry I'm sure like if you're not living under a rock like you know all of these tech companies that are doing these massive layoffs like Google Meta um all of them and it's a really scary time and um last week I had a meeting with someone in HR like just like our general weekly meetings and she made a really great point where she was like you know these layoffs are going to happen and they're making the decisions and those decisions are going to be final. And so you can either spend the next month worrying about it, or you can spend the next month taking care of yourself and, you know, um, re-energizing yourself because whether you spend the next month worrying or not, the outcome is still going to be the same. So like why waste all your energy over the next month when you could be doing something more productive? Yeah. And that really stuck out to me because I feel like I do that all the time where I'm like, so worried about something that I ultimately have no control over. Um, and it's just such a waste of energy in life. And I'm have gotten a lot better. I think over, this is like a very recent breakthrough over the next or over the past few months of just like 
not letting the little things bother me. Like if something annoying happens throughout the day, I'm just like, oh, whatever. Like I don't have the energy for that. And right. like, <laughs> and it might like to people listening, this might sound passive, but for me, it's just, it's like such a relief because I'm yeah. just such an anxious person and I am overthinking constantly and constantly wanting to be in control. So just like, you know, if something happens throughout the day that I can't fix, it's just like, okay, we'll move on, right. you know? So like, when all of this like tech layoff first started happening, I was a nervous wreck. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to start math applying. Like what's <laughs> happening? Like, uh, yeah. like, do I have a job? Like, am I about to be homeless in a month? And now I'm just like, you know, we're just going to wait it out. Like, right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm not letting it affect me. It's going to happen. It's not. So do you yeah. think that like, because because in the grand scheme of things, like if something tragic happened to you right now, like mm -hmm. if you got a call that was like, it's possible that we could all get laid off next week. Like, yeah. and you didn't have someone say that to you previously about like not worrying and stuff. I feel like you would worry, like it, just like oh, I yeah. would, like you would be insanely worried and you put so much pressure on it that anytime that we have an opportunity, like kind of shrug something off and be like, mm. I don't even need to worry about it. It's like, cause we have bigger fish to fry. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. I think if I didn't have those conversations with like people at my company and my yeah. parents and things like I would be spiraling out of control and it's really hard, but I have to work really well on grind like grounding myself because I realize like, you know, all of the, all of these things are happening and they might affect me. But at the end of the day, like I have very supportive parents, like, literally Carly, my roommate, she reminds me on a daily basis. Like she's like, everything could go to shit tomorrow. You would still have a roof over your head. Yeah. You would still have three meals a day. Like it's fine. It yeah. will be fine. And yeah. I think that's really important to remember, especially when I'm sitting here, like sweating the small stuff and something yeah. as losing your job, which is like a very big thing. Um, <laughs> Who knew? Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty life altering. Um, I don't know if you have any experience with that. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. Twice. Anyway. Yeah. You know. um, yeah. I just think it's important to take a step back. And I know that's like very privileged. And a lot of people, you know, if they were to lose their job tomorrow, mm -hmm. that might not be the case. So yeah. um, just thinking about that as well. Well, I think that it, that's also a fair point to point out and mm -hmm. that's where also like going to college like getting your master's degree like you've been able to go and do and like getting a full ride doing that like you're not out here just doing this for the money you've put forth the effort so let that be shown as well mm -hmm. um and i think that like the breakthrough of it all the actual like reward of it is being able to kind of like i think you had written down like stop the cycle of comparison do mm -hmm. you feel like you jump on like linkedin and you're comparing or like more on like instagram like where are you comparing to other people um both every aspect of my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah i definitely like career is very important to me and like being independent and successful is like something that's very important to me so i can definitely compare myself on linkedin but honestly i just think linkedin is so annoying oh, yeah. um but yeah like just hearing about like what other people are doing yeah sometimes it is like genuinely hard for me to be like oh wow i'm so happy for that person because in the back of my mind i'm like wow i should be doing more like what else yeah. can i be doing to like elevate myself my career um and then obviously with like you know on a topic not career wise but with like instagram and other social media just comparing 
life in general, like how I look, where I'm at, do I have right. a baby, a husband, like all, <laughs> right. these, all these other milestones that people are meeting. And I feel like I quote unquote should be meeting as an almost 27 year old. So yeah, no, nope, I absolutely feel that. Okay. That is a solid answer to number two. We're moving on to number three, Susan. What is the weirdest thing you do that makes complete sense to you, but not many people around you? Okay, so um, no need to diagnose me or anything because I've already diagnosed myself. Yeah. But I have extreme <laughs> hyperfixation. Like, it's bad. So this is just a prime. Ex- uh, let me back up. Um, just if no one knows what hyperfixation is. So yes. I, like, if I get in my mind, um, I want to do laundry today. I absolutely have to do laundry that day or else I will lose it. Like to the point this literally happened yesterday where we ran out of laundry detergent and I texted Carly. I was like, Hey, are we out? She was like, yeah, but I ordered more. It should be here tomorrow. Absolutely not. I was in the car going to Safeway to get laundry detergent. Cause like, I just had it in my mind that I need to do it right now. Um, so, but it's, hilarious and Carly always makes fun of me because she's like why like I will be rearranging my room at midnight and I was like I don't know I got it in my mind and I have to do it um so a funny example and Bethany knows all about this is about six months ago I really wanted to get a bed frame I decided (laughs) that I wanted to elevate my room I think adults have bed frames I don't know um and I really wanted one so I found this cute one from Costco and you know, this wasn't like a, Oh, let's research bed frames, order one, have it come in a few weeks. Like, no, this was, I decided this at like 4 PM and we were going to have a bed frame before the day ended. Yes. Um, so I drag Carly to Costco and I have like a little Subaru hatchback, you know, she's not small, but she's, she's not carrying much. Right. And, <laughs> and I find this, beautiful headboard that's like not that expensive shout out it to is Costco. pretty it is um pretty. yeah she's so cute yeah um i am now realizing she collects a lot of dog hair so just an fyi for the costco headboards but um i really wanted this headboard so it wouldn't fit in my car like it there was no shot yeah so like a normal person would just be like oh fine we'll just go up to the register have them order it and get it shipped to the house but like that doesn't work because I needed the headboard yes. that day. Yes. So then I was like, I literally typed into Google and found the nearest U-Haul. And I was like, all right, Carly, we're going to go pick up a truck. <laughs> and she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why? Like, why can't we just order it? And I'm like, no. Like, was- I want this today it was so funny i literally got a text from carly of susan just driving this u-haul truck and she's like well here we go to pick it up i was dying okay keep going sorry (laughs) yeah so we get the truck and it's just like it's such a shit show because this headboard is a million pounds um we get boxed into the car or the costco parking lot so like we can't back out it's a mess it this truck cost me like $60. Like why did I do that? But I spent all night putting the headboard together because of course it was not simple. And I had my headboard and I was so happy. But yes, (laughs) that's just, I think that's just something so like 
a weird habit I have where if something gets in my mind, like it's it's got to be done. Ex- yeah. Ex- when I, the beginning of this episode, when I talked about buying a walking pad at one a.m., like I would not yeah. be able to sleep soundly You're without right. making my purchase. Honestly, I think that's fair. I, I I see. I've never called it, and it's probably because I don't have it to that extreme. But like I always say, like I'm I'm in the middle of getting a task done. Like the task is not complete, yeah. and if I'm in the middle of getting a task done, like get out of my way. Like I'm yeah. trying to get the task done. And <laughs> Literally. So I, feel you but mine would never be as i feel like as extreme as to get the u-haul you know i just do dumb shit like i actually bought two chairs thinking they would fit into my hyundai elantra and get stuck in a parking lot um so i like that you're at least efficient with your task and getting it complete yeah and i think that so while this annoys people in my life (laughs) carly because i'm like doing shit at like midnight um It actually is a great characteristic to have like in your work life, because if someone gives me a task, like I will, I need to start that second and I will finish it. Like, I, like, I never understand like when I, with other people I'm working with, when I like need something and it takes them like a week and I understand people are busy. So that doesn't mean saying that, but it's just me. Like if someone gives me something very specific, like you need to do this, I'm like, all right, I'm on it. Like, (laughs) I was going to say, well, this is why you're not getting laid off at work. You're clearly a (laughs) shining star. They love you. I try my best. I love that. Um, Also, um, what is like an activity that helps you connect to your best self? Mm. Um, So I really love reading. Um, I, if you have Goodreads, um, please shout out my Goodreads in the caption of this post. Um, I I would, I would love to get more Goodreads friends. Um, yes, I read 50 books last year and I was really proud of that this year. I'm trying to up it to 52 to do like one book a week. Yeah. So, um, I just started reading, um, oh my gosh, what is it? A lesson in chemistry, which apparently is super good. So excited about that. But I, I, I just feel the most calm when I'm reading. Um, I love it. Like I would much, like when Carly's not here, the TV's not on, I'm just reading. Like I would much Ooh. rather read than watch TV, which I yeah. think is an unpopular opinion. Um, but I, I just love it. Um, yeah. And I feel like I, though, especially cause like what I know that you watch TV, like TV has to be like mindless Whereas like reading is like, I don't know. There's like some good storylines, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love like mystery thriller books, like spooky books, obviously romance. Um, Love it all. But yeah, with with TV, like TV sometimes really stresses me out because like I need to know that the ending is going to be resolved. Um, Yeah. So, but I guess it's the same in a book, but at least with a book I can control like, if it's something really suspenseful, I can finish it really quickly and I can yes. know the ending. Yes. Whereas like if it's a TV show that comes out once a week, I'm like, all right, like what's going to happen? That's what I'm saying. The book is like, it's all there. Like you can kind of do it on your own time and like close the book whenever you want. But yeah. it drives me crazy having to wait for new episodes of like shows. And I don't even feel like there's that many, like any more that I'm like really paying attention to. It's yeah. Like drag race. Whoops. Right. Of course. Um, right. Of course. Every Friday at 8 PM. Anyway, uh, on MTV. And I, um, I love that show. And, but like, other than that, that's literally the only show that I'm like, when is it coming out? Like, when is it? Oh, and Euphoria. I'm really excited for season three in like seven years. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did watch Euphoria. I'm excited for that as well. Yeah. The only show I really keep up with now is Grey's Anatomy because at this point we're like 102 seasons in, like I got to just keep going. Is this the last (laughs) season? Have they claimed? I don't know. Well, Meredith, like the main character, is leaving. So, right. I, spoiler alerts, folks. Yeah. Um. So I'm not sure. I 
I think they need to wrap it up. My personal I opinion. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more for the record. <laughs> yeah, it's been going on for way too long. Way too long. But that's still a good show, though, so I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, question four. What is a trauma that has shaped you or you're still working to break through? Yeah, so I sort of, not that I had to think about this question a lot, but I always, I don't know, I feel like the word trauma sometimes I struggle with because I think of something like trauma is something very traumatic, like, you know, an event that happened, like a specific instance. Yeah. Um, and not just like overall, like the way that I was raised or my life or like whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so, because I, I am very fortunate where I haven't had, you know, like a traumatic experience, but I will say that something that I am still working through and I wish I could say this in terms of like the um, first question about like a breakthrough. Like I wish I was at the point of where I could be like broken through this cycle, yes. but I have just always had such a warped view of myself and like how I look, um, like what I'm supposed to be doing so just like for some background for people that don't know me i'm 510 i've been 510 since i was about 12 years old and i'm not kidding um like i've always been very very tall um if you look at like my kindergarten class photo i am approximately three feet taller than everyone else like i look like a teacher um <laughs> i've I just i've always been so tall and no one's ever told me that like being tall is bad or anything like that. Like if anything, it's the exact opposite. Like I've right. always been told my whole life, like you have such beautiful long legs and whatever. Like it's always been viewed as a compliment. God, telling me that as a child. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, my, my mom, Ellen, she's always yes. great about, it. she's like, you have such beautiful, long muscular legs, like da da da. And just like, you know, parents, friends and yeah. whatnot, people are right. always like, Oh my God, your daughter. Like, cause I, I have my mother's legs. So they're like, she has your legs. Like I she's know. so lucky, whatever. Um, but it was really hard for me because, and this is just coming from a place of insecurity. I just always felt like a giant, like a literal monster. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like, Taylor Swift's anti-hero song where it's like sexy baby and monster on a hill or whatever. Like I'm literally the monster on the hill. Um, and everyone, all of my friends were like little sexy babies. Um, <laughs> I, but I'm being so genuine that like it affected my self-esteem so much because in my little like seven-year-old brain, I was like, I want to be like this cute little girl who, yeah. you know, is super like feminine and girly and small and just like, I've always wanted to be that petite little girl. And like, I grew up very much a tomboy. Like I played softball my entire life, which is a very tomboy sport. Um, <laughs> shout out to all my softballers. Um, and like, I was really good at it and I was really athletic. And Susan's um, not gay. It's a shame. <laughs> Bethany, she keeps trying. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> We're on our way though. Um, yeah. But that is the stereotype of softballers is that you're a lesbian, which is so fair. And I think, uh, looking back at my team, I think it's about 80% are. So that's what I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> it, it, it makes sense. But yeah, I have just always struggled with the idea of like femininity and how I'm supposed to look and act and um like activities I'm supposed to like. And I think that has really, really affected my self-confidence. Like um in like middle and high school, even still, like 
men do not, I swear to God, men don't get growth spurts till they're like 18 years old. Yeah. And I'm over here like towering over them my right. whole life. And it's just like, I don't know. And then you see like all the popular girls, they're like the really cute, tiny little ones, like stereotypically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was just never me. And so then therefore I never felt like I was, I guess like the type of person that like guys would like and go after whatever, even with like my mom telling me like, no, like, you know, like hot, like, like models are tall, like, you know, yes. like guys love like, long legs, whatever. Like you don't have to be this small person to like right. be loved. But even now, like I, like I love being tall. I do, but I still struggle with that. Cause it's like next to so many people, I just feel so tall and I'm not even that yeah. tall in comparison. It's just like a mindset thing. I just yeah. feel like a giant next to people. Um, well, when you and experience I, something like that, when you experience being taller than everybody else for so many years, it's going to be kind of natural for you to still be feeling that way, you know? Yeah, definitely. And so I grew up in Illinois, like in a suburb of Chicago. And then um, midway through high school, we moved to North Carolina. Um, and when I lived in Illinois, like I was very active, like again, so I did every sport under the sun. Softball was my main thing, but, um, we also like, were literally living in a cornfield. So we would be riding our bikes everywhere, like very Humpty Dumpty, um, like a very active environment is what I'm yeah. getting at. Um, and then I moved to North Carolina and I was, you know, the transition was hard. I, uh, you know, was not playing. I didn't want to join the softball team because I was bitter about, losing my old team and then and how old were you when that happened uh 16 yeah that's pretty late to like transition to like a new school yeah um because at that point like everyone's friend groups are already sort of set up and they yeah. all went to middle school together so it was like really difficult um and then like moving to like a more i mean North, where I live in North Carolina, it's not a city environment, but it's way more bustling than Illinois was. And like <laughs> people don't ride their bikes places and, you know, we don't walk anywhere. Like it just became way more sedentary. And with that, I obviously like gained some weight after moving to North Carolina. And that really affected me because I feel like in the back of my mind, when I lived in Illinois, it was like, oh, I'm really tall and I feel like a giant, but like at least I'm like skinny ish. Like right. at least I'm athletic. Like, and now here I am in North Carolina and like, you know, my senior year of high school. And now I'm like, I'm a giant and I've like gained all this weight and I just like hate myself type thing. Yeah. Um, and I stopped exercising completely. Like I didn't, you know, I, I stopped playing sports. I, I stopped running. Like I didn't do anything. Um, and that really caught up to me and also like really warped how I view myself, I think. And yeah. again, like I, like I never had a boyfriend throughout high school. And I think part of that was I, one, I didn't want one, but then two, <laughs> I probably, I like gave off these vibes of like, stay away from me. Like, yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I just had this aura around myself and like, my parents have always raised me to be super, super independent. So like in my mind, I'm like, why do I want a boyfriend like distracting me? Like, no, but yeah. then like, I'm looking back at it and I'm like, well, I kind of missed, missed out on like a classic experience, like a, you know, Is coming to age. I don't know. Like a coming to age. Like I like looking back on it, I feel like, oh, wow. Like I felt really behind like coming right. into college and like never having a boyfriend or like never doing any of that stuff. So yeah. Um, 
then it sort of I got to college and I was like, okay, wow, like sort of hate myself. Um, <laughs> let's like start getting back into exercising and you know, shout out JMU, you rack, started doing all of that. Yeah. Um, and you know, started working out, but it wasn't healthy. Like it really at that point in my life, I wanted to just make myself as small as possible. Like if I yeah. could shrink myself, I would. Mm. Um and I, yeah, I just, like, I wanted to fit in so badly, like, and, like, looking back, like, I was never fat <laughs> at all. Yes. Just, I'm just, like, I hate that. Um, But it was just really hard because, I don't know, I, I just felt so lost. Like, I didn't know who I was. Like, I wasn't really into the typical, like, feminine, like, feminine fashion and makeup and all of that yet I wanted to fit that mold so badly and I like I don't know I just wanted to be a different person and I feel like a lot of people go through that especially those first few years of college you're like I don't even know who I am anymore um so it turned into like me trying to shrink myself like get as small as possible like um there was one summer it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college I um, tracked my calories. I ate 600 calories a day. Um, Ooh. and I lost, um, like 35 pounds. Classic. Classic. Because why wouldn't you? Um, right. and I could not work out that entire summer because, uh, what would I, how, what energy am I using to work out? I'm I eating was 600 say. calories. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like wasn't working out at all. So I really was just literally shrinking myself, like no muscle and then get back to college um, and my sophomore year was rough, gained it all back. Cause you cannot eat like that no. and it be sustainable. No. Um, yeah. Gained it all back immediately. Um, and then, you know, I just, I think all throughout college, I like ebbed and flowed with bad eating habits and like restricting myself and binging and purging. And I still really used food as like a source of comfort. Like, mm. and I envy people who, they just eat three times a day because they have to eat to survive and they don't even think about food. Like I can't even imagine that life because like, it's like, I'm upset. I want Ben and Jerry's. I had a bad day at work. I want Ben and Jerry. But then on top of that, then you have a task on your mind and you're like, Oh, I want Ben and Jerry's. And then you have to follow through like your body. Yes. You know? So it's like a double whammy. Yes, exactly. So yeah, been really hard. Um, and even like in my adult life now, like, um, and you know, I went to, I, this like special therapist slash dietitian who works with folks who struggle with like eating habits and eating disorders and stuff. And she really helped me a lot. And like, I'm in a, a lot better place now, but I still fall into those, like falling into those old habits is so easy. And like that cycle of comparison and still like not exactly loving my body and, um, like wanting to be more in shape and, um, Bethany, like Bethany knows this, but for people who don't like, um, I go to Orange Theory and I worked at Orange Theory and that's like a super intense, like high intensity interval training, like, um, boutique gym. So AKA it's expensive. That's what that means. Um, and I like, I love Orange Theory. I think it's super fun, but it's also when you sort of go back into those cycles, it's really easy. Like when you're surrounded by all these people who are, you know, running 10 miles per hour on the treadmill, lifting 30 pound dumbbells Mm -hmm. and just like comparing yourself in that way. And especially like working at orange theory, like I'd be like, Oh my God, like I just, I've, this is the fifth time I'm seeing this person this week. Like I've only worked out once. Like I need to, I need to go to more classes. Like I just became hyper aware of how much I was working out and how much I wasn't. So that was also a struggle. Um, But overall, like 
it's pretty easy for me at Orange Theory to zone out. And something that I am, while I still struggle a lot with like body image and, you know, wanting, and like ultimately now I, I just like want to be healthy. Like yeah. I have other issues. Like I have hypothyroidism, which sucks. And like, I just have like other things um, that I take medicine for that like, alt I definitely have PCOS. Like they were like, oh, they like did an ultrasound. They were like, mm, yeah, probably. I was like, okay. <laughs> so um, there's just like other factors. And now I just want to be like the healthiest person I can be instead of the smallest person I can be. So whether if I'm, that? if I'm healthy at 200 pounds or 250 pounds, like that, like the weight doesn't matter to me as much as my, more as like when I go to the doctor and like, oh yeah, like your thyroid's great. Like this is yeah. under control, like, et cetera. Yeah. Like that's more motivating to me, but yeah, that was like a long-winded answer. But no, 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 yeah, that was a great answer. Thank you for sharing. I will say um, it's also just nice to hear it. I mean, obviously, like knowing that you worked at Orange Theory for, you know, a, a good while. I mean, do you technically still work there? No, right? No, yeah, okay. I, I quit. Okay, so I – you're so funny. Um, but no, I like I remember when you even first said like, oh, I want to do this. And the motivation behind it I remember was – cheaper like you can get in your memberships cheaper or whatever it yeah is. it was know. free it was yeah amazing. i was gonna say i was like it's something fun and so yeah. it was like worth the incentive mm -hmm. but like i have been to an orange theory class and it was scary and i feel yeah. like i am terrified by gym people they absolutely mm -hmm. terrify me and it was like one of the first times that like i kind of was introduced to orange theory with maybe not mm -hmm. such a negative connotation behind it because you were like oh it's so fun to work here i really like the classes and mm -hmm. i always like i have now seen multiple of my friends um become like orange theory what do you call yourselves do you have a uh, i don't think we have a name dang it i thought it was, <laughs> i was hoping it would be oranges um but i just i think that maybe the cultiness of it of people like forcing themselves to like get into it can be a little toxic but the community that it builds has always, I feel like what everybody comes out with, have you made any close connections at Orange Theory? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, well, I didn't meet Carly through Orange Theory, but she also worked at Orange Theory and yeah. we have met several friends. Like um, we're going on a trip later this summer with two people that we met from Orange Theory, which is really cool. Um, my parents do Orange Theory as well. And all of their best friends come from there and yeah. they're like basically our family now. So it is really, if you like put yourself out there, um, yeah. it's a great way to build community. You just got to find the right people. Cause there's always going to be those super intense gym goers, like yeah. scary, but then majority of the time it's just average folks. So <laughs> I think that's um, good that they expose people in that way. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. And I think something that like, now that I'm not in the mindset of like, you know, wanting to shrink my body, I like, I love being strong and I think being super tall and like doing all these things has really given me like a lot of muscles. And I like take pride in the fact that I could probably outlift like most of our guy friends, not trying yeah. to throw them under the bus, but I definitely think I could. Um, yeah. and I, <laughs> thank you so much. You're so welcome. Um, and I like, I love that about myself and like, I would much rather be strong than small like Same. any day. Yes. And and I do think it's frustrating that like society has a view of like oh like maybe if you you know have like a like a larger body like you can't have muscle, you can't be strong when that is 
far from the truth. Like, I feel like the most prime example, and I love her, is Lizzo. Like, obviously, like, she has a larger body, and, like, she is... Has anyone tried to sing for two hours while running and jumping on stage? Like, she has so much cardio, so much endurance. She's clearly so in shape, like, very strong, yet, like, she doesn't look how the typical athlete, how we think the typical athlete should look. And, yeah, I just think that needs to be more normalized, especially, like, in the gym space, like, Orange Theory and stuff that, you know, someone could be walking in at, like, 275, whatever, and they could be in way better shape than me yeah. and it has happened so <laughs> <laughs> i just think it's crazy too lizzo's like breath work and people don't understand how uh like genuinely good her lungs must be to be yeah. able to not only sing and run around and twerk but also play the freaking flute i and know what <laughs> girl i mean well i mean i've seen her live and i i mean it was just absolutely crazy how much she can compact into this you know hour to hour show and mm-hmm. be able to outdo a lot of the people that I have seen live and not yeah. that Dua Lipa will ever listen to this, but Dua Lipa, you could have done more. Like you're great. Her dancers carry. That's what I'm saying. Like yes. she can do the one dance and go off queen. She's got the legs for days, but like Lizzo <laughs> is an entertainer. And I yeah. think that that's what makes it so much cooler. Um, yeah. Love her. Me too. Okay. Question number five. What are some common barriers that prevent people from being authentic and fully true to themselves? Uh, I think a lot. (laughs) Um, I think values that you grew up with. So like, you know, if you grew up in like a a really religious household or not, or, um, you know, the, even the environment that you grew up in, like the difference between Illinois and North Carolina where I lived is huge and I think I would be a totally different person if I was born and raised like in North Carolina versus if I was in Illinois. Um, So I think like location is huge. Like social media plays a part, like what you're exposing yourself to and just like overall, like your sense of self, like how you view yourself in comparison to others and like what, I guess what you think is you should be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like just like an example I mean, obviously, Illinois is bumfuck, hillbilly, whatever, Um, cornfield. And I didn't feel such, like, a hyperfixation on myself and what I wore and, like, if I wore makeup, did my hair, whatever, until I moved to North Carolina, where my high school was the preppiest place I have ever been in my entire life, like, you only wore Sperry's, those hideous, whatever those hideous jeans were that were like bedazzled on the butt pocket. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I couldn't wear oh that. God, I'm not was... wear jewels. Um, what is, <laughs> what is, um, she would be like, that's goth. Um, what is, uh, what, what, what is that? Like, um, like, um, like, no, I'm... but similar. Okay. Oh my God. I don't remember. I'll, I'll find the brand and I'll let you know if they're hideous. Um, but they were like classic prep in like 2010. Um, like that was Sperry's and then like, you know, they blow dry their hair every morning, do a full face of makeup. And I'm like rolling up in a sweatshirt yoga pants. Like you're lucky if I showered type thing. Right. Um, so I think that like really affects like, because how I dressed was like how it was very normal in Illinois, but then like stuck out like a sore thumb in North Carolina. So I think depending on like where you grew up, also affects like being authentic like i could imagine you know 
in North Carolina, like at my high school, you, if you kind of strayed from that preppy, rich, white girl aesthetic, like you stuck out like a sore thumb. So like, God forbid yeah. someone, you know, is access themselves or like they're gay or something like, no. <laughs> well, that's what that. it's, it's my favorite whenever, like um, I'm watching drag race and I'll reference it till the end of time. But um, a lot of the Queens will come from like popular cities. Right. Mm. And then every once in a while you'll get one from like, Georgia, like yeah. Athens, Georgia. And like, they're not that popular. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, not a filler queen by any means, but they're just like someone that's not as well known. Um, yeah. And it's always just funny because like they're coming from a place where clearly there's not a lot of drag, you know? Yeah. So I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah. I think that a lot of the times, because there are what we just described, that people are living in locations um, where they're not maybe able to have access um, to really truly be themselves. What would you say to those people if they could hear you? Um, I think I would say that you know I want to like I want to say that you like shouldn't be afraid and you know like do what you want and don't look at what other folks like don't look at what other folks are doing and like, sort of like, why do you care type thing? But I know if I was hearing that at 16 years old, I'd be like, okay, but I do care. Like, yeah. so yep. I, I think like the main thing is that it gets better and you're definitely going to get out of that situation and you're going to meet so many new people. Um, and like so many people who will accept you fully for who you are. Um, and you'll be able to be in a space where you feel like you can be yourself and that's just like the best thing ever. Um, so just like keep holding on. Like, I know like when I was in high school, I, everything just felt like the end of the world and I just hated everyone and everything, but like it, <laughs> like it, I, promise like I don't even remember anything about high school anymore like it will be such a small blip in your life which I know like if you're in that in a situation now where you feel stuck it's like really hard um to think about that but that I don't know I just always have to remind myself like you know five years down the line like it, it this isn't even gonna matter Right. Yeah. My dad tells me that all the time. He used to tell me that mm -hmm. girl, I would come home and be like, oh, so-and-so and I got into a fight or whatever. I, yeah. Know, the drama. And my dad would be like, yeah. in five, ten years, this won't even matter. Yeah. And I always got so irritated because I was like, it matters right now. But then yeah. here we are five, ten years later. I'm like, who was it that I was right. mad at? It? I don't remember why we were upset. Yeah, um, literally. So I think that's a great thing. And I hope everybody was listening to that. I think that was some great advice. Um, question number six. You find yourself in a space where you aren't able to be true to who you are. How do you feel like you respond? Um, I feel like my natural response is I like curl up in my little turtle shell. <laughs> um, because I like, yeah, I can go from being like super talkative and laughing, whatever, to like nothing and two seconds flat. Correct. Um, and like when I get really uncomfortable or if just like all of a sudden, like my battery just drains out. Like I'm done. Like bye. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So I think like just my natural response to anything is to just be really quiet and really introverted. Um, which is hard, especially in situations where like I don't want to be that. Like I want to be social or like um, you know, like a new job. Like I want to be myself and like show my personality, but it's so hard and it's hard when you like don't really know the people. Like you're in a new situation and you don't know like who these people are, how they'll react, like things like that. So I think my natural reaction is to just not say anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I do find myself like I 
I don't like not like that about myself, but I wish that sometimes in situations I could like push myself to like step out of my shell a little bit. And cause sometimes it feels like I can be like drowned out, especially if I'm around like 20 people who are all like, Dah! you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm like, wow, like I want, like I, would push myself out of my shell, but unfortunately at this time I cannot. Well, I think you do it in certain ways, but then socially sometimes it just can be a lot. And I think we're at yeah. an age too where we've all, well, maybe not everybody, but I, I definitely have found like my people and I know you have yeah. too. And it's like, I'm comfortable with them. And sometimes like in social settings, like I'm not trying to go run around to everybody in the room and have a yeah. full conversation about what they do. Yeah, so that's why I made a podcast. You can come on here and yeah. talk about it here. Um, but no, I th- I I completely agree. I think that um, it, I also feel like I can shut down sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's either I shut down or I just like really start yelling. Um, as a fire sign, a fellow fire sign, Susan is an Aries. Um, <laughs> if we're ever in an instance where maybe like we're in a situation where we're, we're comfortable around um, the people that we're with. And like something happens, like Susan and I are the first two people to start like popping off. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, it's interesting to like see how when we're comfortable around people, that's when we stand up and say how we feel. But then yeah. when we're around people where maybe we don't really know, why can't we put that same energy? Why do you feel yeah. like maybe we can't bring that side out of us? What is it in us? Yeah. I don't know. Me um, neither. Yeah. Listen, when we find out, we'll tell you. How about CPD. That? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Question number seven. What is your biggest takeaway in life that has become your driving force now? Um, so I think my biggest takeaway is that I just need to do what I want and slash like what is best for me. Like I need, I don't need to be looking, you know, at what Mary and John are doing. Like I need, I need to think about like what I actually want to do and what's best for me. Um, and that took me a really long time to grasp, I think, um, just back to the whole comparison thing and thinking about like my future and stuff. But yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is just like, I need to, I need to do what's best for me, you know? And yeah. if that's, and if that's being 27 years old and like living with a friend, then that's what's best for me. And like, who cares that everyone else is off married, having babies, whatever. And I think like something that I've realized a lot and if either of my parents or especially my dad, if he ever heard me say this, like no one gives a fuck. Like I, I really thought that people cared a lot about what I was doing. Yeah. And like, they do not. No, absolutely <laughs> like, not. No one gives a fuck. And like, that has honestly like really transformed my life because I was thinking, you know, I was talking to Bethany the other day, like half joking, like, Oh, if I get laid off, I'm just going to start a dog walking business. Yeah. And like, 10 years ago, me would be like, oh, that is not a profession that I would be able to pro- like proudly tell people. Like, I would never want people to know I'm doing that. Like, how embarrassing, whatever. And now I'm like, who cares? Like, I love dogs. I love walking. Like, <laughs> if you can make an income off of something that, like, who ca- like who cares? Yeah, and the, the thing is, like, no one cares. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The only people that care are the IRS. Pay your taxes. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh-huh. That's it. Yeah. So I think that was like a really big breakthrough. And I hope that, you know, I'm only 26, almost 27, scary. Um, That like, (laughs) as I go throughout life, I can really use that when I make decisions instead of thinking about what I think I should be doing based on society and more about like what I want to do. Um, And like Bethany and I have talked a lot about like the idea of passion and, you know, 
figuring out like what we're passionate about and you know that the day-to-day like nine to five life i if you're passionate about that like props to you but like could not be yeah could not be me and like (laughs) the idea of like for the longest time i never thought i had any passions because i was around people being like i'm so passionate about like the human brain and i'm gonna be a neurosurgeon like they had like the most random niche passions and i'm like oh i don't like (laughs) like what does that mean um and i think that something else i've realized is it's okay to have passions for things that won't necessarily translate into like a career like i'm passionate about reading i'm passionate about my dog i'm passionate about my friends and it doesn't have to be something like i am passionate about getting interns jobs like you know what i mean yes i do Um, yeah so that's something and like i went to grad school for higher education and you know lo and behold two years later i'm not working in higher education and that was something that i also you know had to really grapple with with the idea of like am i giving up on education like am i passionate like what am i passionate about it just like goes back to passion and i think for all those folks who work in any type of education field like they use the word passion to gaslight you um, because it's like, you should be passionate about like these young minds and think about what you're doing for the children. And it's like, okay, well, you know, not me, but like, because I'm not elementary ed teacher, but just an example, like, okay, well, I'm getting punched in the face by the six-year-old every day and they're tearing, like ripping my hair out. Like, no, like, like, no, don't tell me that I should be passionate. Like, I don't know. Like, I think a lot of times, passion is used to like in a way gaslight you into thinking yes. that you should stick in like unhealthy um so sorry alexa just went off um, <laughs> that you should stick in unhealthy you know an unhealthy job or like a toxic environment or whatever and i think it's okay to be like mm, yeah this is not what i want yeah and i i also as someone who had to kind of go through that on their own time on accident um it, it's it is very interesting to come to that conclusion because mm-hmm. what in the world we were literally shoved down our throats for 12 years. You have to go to college and we mm-hmm. went to college and like, I technically don't do anything with my degree. Like, yes, I have yeah. a degree, but I didn't become a counselor. I dropped mm-hmm. out of grad school. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I'm maybe technically with like where I'm headed or something like psychology will become more, helpful but like i don't mm-hmm. think that I, anything that i learned i feel like i just learned from life and like emotional intelligence yeah. and by surrounding myself with very smart and brilliant people one of them being mm-hmm. you and i i genuinely feel like they have taught me more than i learned in that gen ed writing class i'm gonna tell you yeah. that right now yeah. and we spent thousands of dollars yeah um, but so i think that it's good that you've come to that realization and also just um, letting yourself take a risk because who knows, you might go back into higher education. I hope you don't, yeah. but, um, you know, if, 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 you know, Listen, down the road, the money ain't there, but if it ever right. comes, you can, I'll, I'll consider right now we're chasing a check. Okay. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the, that's the goal. Listen, uh, we got houses to buy. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Listen again, if you have a house, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness you cracked me up okay last and final question susan what is a question you would want to ask the audience listening today um so i sort of said this in the last <clears throat> question but i think my question to end the podcast with would be to like what outside of your parents 
LinkedIn, <laughs> what you went to school with, like taking away all other factors, like what do you actually want? Um, and I think more people need to like sit and actually think on that. Um, yeah. Because even me thinking this, I'm like, other, and I know other factors always come into play, but like, if you can try to just separate out everything and just think, you know, think about yourself and, you know, take away money and like ev everything practical and just think about like, what do you actually want? Like what makes you happy? And I think that will help folks maybe like lead to, you know, quote unquote, something they're passionate about or yeah. like get out of a rut um, or maybe to like stop that comparison game because- right. You know, like I'm looking at folks who are married with kids and I'm like, oh, fuck, like I should be married with kids, but I don't want that. No. And then it's like taking the step back. It's like, OK, what do I actually want? And, right. like how, and how can I get myself there? So I think it's important not to look at what everyone else is doing and just think about, yeah, what do you want? Right. Because I feel like also society, social media always promotes a specific type of yeah. lifestyle. And if you aren't living that lifestyle, then you're not living. Um, yeah. And come to find out, like, you can walk dogs for a living. It's, yes. it's eight of them. And yeah. you can make a pretty uh -huh. good, decent living. Thank I you did so the much. I did the math. Hit yeah. Me up. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you live in Northern Virginia, where people have more money than they know what to do with. See, and that's what I'm, you know what I just because I went through my own personal change, I am yeah. so encouraging of everyone to leave their corporate jobs yeah. because, truly, I don't know why in the world we ever thought that corporate was the way to go. As I head back into corporate, but that's not the point. I, you know. Um, <laughs> We don't have to mention that part. <laughs> no, I was going to say, it's at least it's a small business. It's not as corporate-y as it yeah. used to be. I used to work for so many. It was like a bigger place. And now yeah. I'm like the ninth person being hired in. Yeah. Um, well, Susan, it was an absolute blast um, having you on here. And I am so excited. If you made it this far, I'm so thankful. Susan, any last words? Um, just, I love you so much. And I'm devastated that this is virtual because I would love to be spooning right now. I was going to say, I would love to just be like, oh, and then we could like hug and yeah. cry, get Chipotle and exactly. snuggle. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm heading down. <laughs> See you in two hours. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love you so much. All right. All the love, love homies forever and always have a great rest of your day. And don't forget to be true to you.